Okay, what is going on, guys? So this is attempt number two for the first podcast. Apparently, I can't move the phone at all, or else it gets messed up. So I'm going to speed through it super fast, hopefully. My story is very interesting, as I like to look at it. So I was originally born in India, in Himachal Pradesh. It's a, We lived in this little town called Una about 30-40 minutes away from the Himalayan mountains. It's like kind of in a higher elevated region. So my parents and I, uh, I no longer practice this right now. I'm like kind of on a pause. Uh, used to practice Sikhism. It's a religion based in Punjab, India, where you know people wear turbans, they have long beards, you can't cut your hair anywhere of your body. Uh, women are a bit more lenient they can kind of do it uh if they wanted to but there are some women that don't uh personally i don't think it's too much of an you know uh uh what's a word an issue or a a topic but when i did see uh, a girl with a beard i was a bit um concerned about her social life (laughs) And uh, she did become famous on YouTube somewhat. I don't know if she still is, just because of all of her struggles making friends due to being, you know, a woman with uh, a beard. Anyways, so we migrated to this country about a week before I turned nine. And uh, wearing a turban and all that stuff uh, gave me a pretty big bullseye on the back of me where everybody would be kind of saying some some cruel things but luckily for me by the time I realized what they were even saying uh, you know it was already kind of over and it didn't really matter at that point because the first thing like when I was at the JFK International Airport coming into the United States that anybody ever said to me was this little dude in a maroon shirt and like a little you know uh, uh, a little snapback but facing forward he's like hey look everybody it's Osama Bin Laden's son. And this guy is like, you know, he looks like of college age or whatever. And I didn't speak a word of English and I had no idea who this person was that he was talking about. And uh, the only word I knew was yes. So I look at this guy, give him a thumbs up and I'm like, yes. In like a super dry thing because I was just more confused than like anything else. And then everybody just start, started like, you know, breaking out and laughing and stuff. Now... I didn't really fully understand sarcasm for like a long time, <laughs> but uh, it was. I think it was for the better because it was more of um, uh, a, a selective ignorance. Because I think part of me kind of did understand it, but I didn't want to accept that people could be so cruel at times. So I just kind of pretended it wasn't real, and that's probably why one of my biggest issues up to this day is just like. Uh, meditating daily and just kind of being here in reality and just kind of living that way. But it's a good thing that, you know, I'm aware of these things because then I can uh, learn to, you know, uh, deal with it and move forward in a more efficient manner. So growing up, uh, the first two years I didn't know English, or first year basically I didn't really know uh, any English, but I did basically learn it through SpongeBob and I believe Sesame Street. But most of it came from this one TV show that I can't remember the name of. Like, the daughter was, like, some sort of robot. And she always had, like, the same dress where she's, like, kind of a a servant or something of the house. But also a daughter that was just, like, well-behaved. 
which was like the better way of looking at it, I guess. So after that, uh, they kind of were the first time or the first uh, grade, which is like the fourth grade, they actually failed me. But because of Bill, was it Bill Clinton or George Bush? I think it was George Bush. Yeah, George Bush. He recently passed a no child left behind uh, thing. And then they basically just pushed me to the next grade. And then I kind of find out this teacher just didn't like me at all. Even my mom was like, yeah, she did not like us at all. And a lot of people were, you know, very, very, very judgmental against us because, you know, we came here in 2002. And everybody knows, you know, I, I don't even want to get into, like, all the things that happened uh, around that time with all this stuff. Because there were so many cases of, like, hate crime against our people. Like, you know, we even ended up in Supreme Court so many times that uh, it's just not even worth getting into. But uh, later, find out, you know, like the next year for fifth grade, I had like one of the best teachers ever. She was super nice, you know, super friendly. And no, no troubles at all that year. That's when we kind of basically confirmed the teacher or the uh, teacher from the year before was just not a good teacher. And uh, I didn't really realize that, you know, teachers do play kind of a big role in uh, people's lives, especially growing up. And uh, they kind of get paid really shitty for that. Like, it's no wonder most of them don't really try that hard. And uh, usually the people that I know that are trying to be teachers aren't usually the most, uh, uh, what's the word, productive people in society. But at the same time, they are some of the nicest and like coolest and realest people I know. And the world does need more better teachers and just as much as the world needs more uh, of basically every good type of person that there is. And uh, just moving forward slowly but surely, just uh, went through the motions a bit, was uh, my dad was not the nicest person, but that was because I wasn't trying hard at school. So he would do a lot of things to just kind of get me to get better grades. And I remember the first time I got like straight A pluses, when I actually made an effort to like try. And this was because uh, I think around my 13th birthday, I was supposed to go to an amusement park with my mom. And as we were leaving, he's like, where do you think you're going? Made me come back and made me study biology for like 14 hours straight. And that was probably the worst day of my life because I've never studied that hard before. And I have no idea why the hell like, you know, he just kind of made me sit there and study for so long for no reason, like on my birthday. And another reason was like, you know, my mom didn't really do anything. And even if she tried to, they would just, you know, argue and stuff. And then I would just think it's my fault because my grades weren't good enough. And if they were good enough, he wouldn't be doing this. So I just felt worse. And I would just sit there and I just studied. Uh, at least the best part was that he did make me study the reproductive organs of the males and females. So, I mean, I guess that was uh, the hindsight or the silver lining of all things. That, that was me being sarcastic, if you didn't catch it, by the way. I have a very dry sense of uh, sarcasm. So, um, moving forward, I remember getting the straight A pluses, showing my dad the report card, and he said, now comes the hard part where you just maintain it, and he just goes back to reading the Punjabi newspaper. And I'm just thinking, I worked so hard for this, and this is what I worked hard for. So I basically stopped giving a fuck. And then, because I kind of realized on some level that I was kind of doing this for his validation, that he's just not going to change. That it's not even worth like trying to 
do any of that stuff. So basically didn't really try too hard in school. After that, it just kind of coasted. And uh, I remember one on my junior year, I was at a birthday party with my cousins. And they were talking about how they played football in middle school. And I was like kind of thinking about joining a sport. So I'm like, oh, how, would I, how would I do in football? Just kind of like as an opinion question. And they're like, oh, you're in high school. You wouldn't last like two days. And they kind of laughed at my face while they were like saying this. And I took that very personally. They're like, just go do track or something. Because like, you know, you can't last in football. And I'm like, who the hell wants to do track? You're literally running a circle like the whole time. And you just do nothing but running. It's like the same thing with the reason I didn't want to play soccer. Because it's like 90% running. Like sure, it's the biggest sport in the world. But I'm not a fan of it. Plus, it's like one of those sports that you can watch for hours and like both teams can basically end up, you know, 0-0. Zero, zero. It's like, oh, okay, good, good job, I guess. And uh, so I joined, uh, and I remember the next day, uh, I heard it on the intercom, and it was so weird, it was like the next day. And this is kind of like a bit of a foreshadowing of, you know, the, me finding out about Law of Attraction and all that stuff later. Next day here, if you want a, a tryout for sport teams and the football tryouts were happening that day, after school and you basically just show up and you just tell them okay I want to play because it's high school you know you just basically get signed on the team if you want to try so I go there uh, I weigh in and I remember seeing 267 on the weight scale and I was like oh and the coach looks me up and down and he's like you must have a hell of a lower body and uh, I kind of got really weirded out by that because I thought he was like trying to come on to me or something because I'm like that's like the weirdest comment I've ever heard anybody say and, uh, you know, being 14, 15 at the time and weighing that much, you can kind of picture that I was very obese. And I was not aware of this at all. Uh, the only thing I did know was, like, I had a big belly, but everybody, or my grandfather and my dad also were kind of bigger people, but not, like, it's all in the belly. It's, like, not in the face or anything. And I would just wear really big clothing, so I would hide it really well. And uh, me hanging out with mostly Mexican people... Because uh, basically that's what I looked like, was like a fat Mexican person uh, wearing all the baggy clothing. Basically just, you know, made me fit right in because everybody else also wore baggy clothing. Later found out that's what the Cholo lifestyle was like all about because all of us were just uh, mostly troublemakers. I remember um, one of my friends used to like steal candy from Walmart and he would sell them for a dollar a pop, uh, especially before lunch. They actually had to put a ban in place and they suspended him for uh, like a whole month because he was doing that because he was making more money doing that than like the people that were doing fundraisers for candies and it was affecting their sales. And then they even started, um, uh, they put like another ban in place where you couldn't sell the candy for like an hour or two before lunch because it was affecting their lunch sales. And these were kind of interesting things which I learned about in my economics class, uh, which a great book, by the way, if you want to get into economics and just that part of the world, is Freakonomics. It's probably the first book that I read from start to finish, and I absolutely loved it. Like, I love those kind of outlier books that just look at all these things that don't really make sense, but when you put them together, it's like, what the hell? That makes perfect sense. So, going back to the whole football thing, it took me about six, seven months to basically understand what was going on and wake up, so to speak. 
Uh, like ever since I moved to the U.S., I was kind of put into a state of selective ignorance, and just basically I was living more through reality, or I mean, not more through my imagination than I was in reality. It was kind of my uh, self-defense mechanism, just from like, because a lot of people were very mean uh, growing up, and that was kind of the only thing I knew how to do was just pretend like they're just joking or or whatever. So when I finally snapped out of it and I started standing up for myself. I remember I ended up pancaking the biggest dude on the team, and everybody just kind of looked at me like, "Oh, like where the hell was this for the last eight months? Like for eight months before or six months before, whatever the hell the time frame was, every single day I showed up at practice, and I would just get like thrown on my ass left and right, and I mean I would make an effort, but it was I was definitely holding back. And I remember the coaches kind of said something about this once or twice, but then they just kind of stopped. Because they could kind of understand that I didn't really understand what they were talking about, and I really didn't. Uh, it wasn't until like later, like much, much later, that I kind of understood what was really going on. And uh, I remember when I actually started trying, I was like probably one of the best people on the team, and I was also very, very passionate about it. Because you know, it was the first time that you know I felt something in my balls that I'm just like right there. I'm here. I'm here to like fucking win over here. And after 25 years, our state, our, our team actually ended up winning the state championships, because we haven't won that in the past 25 years. We made it to the playoffs, and uh, the first game on the playoffs was it the first one that we lost? Because you can lose like one or, two, or you can lose like a certain amount of games in the year, and we lost one game because the the team on average was like a year or two older than us. But everybody I remember like playing these guys were like huge, like huge Steve One team, and we got destroyed. And I remember the next day after that, we've never trained so damn hard ever that whole year than we did the the next day after that game. And I fucking loved that. I mean, we were like this was like such a weird thing because I remember like this was probably like one of those lessons I learned unconsciously. It's like when you get beat down. You don't sit around for not even one freaking second. You get up and you work your ass off harder than you've ever have, and you go out there and you like make sure it doesn't happen again. Because we didn't lose any other game after that uh, until we got to the playoffs. And I remember I was also playing on the JV team because it was my first time ever playing football, and uh, I didn't complain because I loved fucking playing. I'm like I would love more, you know, field time. And even though some of the other kids kind of made fun of it, it's like oh, you know, it's like oh, I would I would kill myself if I was a freaking senior playing on the JV squad. Uh, I'd never let any of that stuff sort of get to me because everybody was usually like really good friends with me, like on or off the field. Uh, And it really helped that you know I, I stood out like I already had like this a bit of uh, an image about myself because like I was a dude with a turban and then I was playing this American sport like I made it to my town's paper. All these people that I had no idea who they were, but they all knew me. And uh, you know I didn't realize this until like I was doing some community service at a group home, and then all these people that I, like you know I was hanging out with were much older and they all knew who I was. And they were like so happy that they, you know, saw me making an effort and trying to fit in and all this other stuff. And like people make this assumption that all these old people are like racist and stuff. Now I've literally never met one old person that's been like super racist. If anything, they're like way more 
accepting and open-minded because they have all this life experience and they know what they're talking about. Like probably like working around that group home was really good. It's like I really got to talk to all these people that were much older and they all had this one regret of not living their life to the fullest because there's all this stuff they wanted to do and now they're just kind of sitting here at a home where nobody visits them and they're just basically waiting to die. And uh, I remember one of my favorite people's uh, ended up passing one time and I was actually like really sad about that because this was probably one of the coolest people I've ever met at that time. And he was like a, a World War II veteran. I think he even served in World War One or something. He was super old. And he gave me his uh, coin collection, which I think was like worth like 500 bucks at the time. And uh, it's still sitting in my room at my parents' house somewhere. Um, yeah. So when uh, I played this one game in the JV team, this is when I was like really like fired up of like not holding anything back. I ended up falling and uh, I like messed up my hand or something. And then I remember uh, going up to my coach. I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't think I can play. I think I like broke my fingers or something. And he's like, can you bend it? And I bend it. Move around. I was like, yeah, you're fine. Get back in there. This, and I'm like, okay. Second I get into stance, I like fall forward. And uh, we got a penalty because of like a false start because of like how that happened. And I remember when I'm like trying to freaking push this kid back, like I'm getting pushed back a bit more than normal. Because like this dude did not have like anything on me because like he's kind of a tiny little dude but uh he's just you know going so hard and i'm like not really there i'm just kind of thinking and i just remember my hands being so numb so i go back and i'm like hey like i really can't like do anything like i can't move my finger because at that point i couldn't I get to the doctor after he like you know benched me for the rest of the game um uh, it turns out it was like a hairline fracture or like some sort of um, ligament thing or something I don't remember specifically what it was but I basically just had to wear a cast for, for a little while and I still showed up for practice uh, most of the times and even for games but one time I didn't show up for a game because it wasn't really mandatory at this point uh, oh no before that I actually did show up with a cast uh, to the game but I couldn't really play because of the cast but the doctor did say whenever I felt comfortable to play, I can play. And I remember our team was getting, uh, not destroyed, but it wasn't good. Like by the halftime, it was like we were down by two touchdowns. And I remember, you know, we we're just, they're just kind of looking at me like, hey, so are you, you going to come in or, or what? And I just remember, I was like, I, I don't think I can. But by the time the game finished, I kind of realized I really could have made an effort and, you know, just maybe even if I don't, like, do anything, the the biggest thing I could have done was give my other teammates some time off to kind of recover a bit more so they can kind of perform better. That's kind of the why they would have, like, squads because they don't want people burning out so fast and all that jazz. And that was probably one of the biggest regrets I had was when I stopped uh, playing. And then because of that, I didn't show up at the next game and we ended up losing that game as well. I even didn't go for like any school dance or anything just because I like regretted it. And I just went on this giant downward spiral because I'm like, uh, I was regretting that so much I stopped doing all these other things. And then I also regretted not doing those and it just kept building up. Like uh, 
being a senior uh, player on a sports team or a varsity team, you get assigned like cheer- cheerleaders. And they didn't have any seniors for me, so they assigned me two freshman uh, cheerleaders to make up for not having one senior. And I remember they gave me like a box of candies and all this other stuff, but I didn't give them anything back. And I just kind of told them I was sick, and I just ended up flaking on not even going to the dance or any of that stuff. Uh, even the, the pasta dinners, I only went to one. And uh, I thought it was like a party that I was like invited to. But so many things I didn't make an effort in and doing, and I just kind of kept building up regrets. So we graduated, and I remember my coach telling me when he was signing my yearbook that he really wished that I started freshman year, and so had I. Uh, I was probably, like, I had to staple papers into my yearbook because I'm, like, 120% sure I had the most signatures in the yearbook than anybody else in that school, like, ever. Like, I went to every one of my favorite teachers because I was so friendly with everybody. Like, everybody knew me. Everybody wanted to sign my yearbooks. Like, I'm talking, like, like, there's, my yearbook is, if you see it, it's hilarious. It's, like, it's, like, double the size it was basically because of all the signatures. And uh, <laughs> after that, I basically started working on uh, YouTube because I was playing RuneScape a lot. And before college started, and I wanted to join the college football team, you know, I had like this summer basically to do anything I wanted. And uh, I'm like, let me just focus on YouTube because I was starting to get like some views and I was seeing my friends make like videos um, but they were kind of more or less copy me because I was like talking about making videos and I made one or two here and there. And then one of them made like an actual edited video and stuff. And I'm like, oh shit, that came out great. He did it, I can do it. So I ended up blowing up, uh, became a partner on YouTube, like an official partner. Uh, Cause you, at that time you need like a thousand views per day on your channel per video, kind of, or was it per video? No, it's like a thousand views a day on average. And uh, it was like, a thousand new subscribers a month on average to to even apply and uh, my channel was blowing up because I was doing videos daily and I was getting featured left and right I was like kind of doing it specifically to get featured here and there because uh, they like feature content from other creators to kind of grow their own channel and uh, I was also playing around with the YouTube algorithm at the time and figuring out ways to go viral and all that jazz so Ended up making, I was making like 4000 5000 a month on average uh, for those two or three months. Because I was also doing other stuff on the side, on the game, to make money. But the game ended up like collapsing because like they were doing all these updates that were like screwing over the player bases. And uh, it, it just never went back to what it was. And most of that money is like locked in PayPal somewhere. Because they use like fake information to make it. Because I wasn't 18 at the time, and he needed to be like 18 to use PayPal at, at this point in time. And uh, after that, uh, I just kind of realized when I went back to college, I was kind of out of it. I kind of gained a lot of weight from just, you know, playing video games all day, basically, and just creating content. And I didn't really understand, you know, working out and fat and all that jazz. So I didn't really get back into shape for a long time after that. And uh, in college, I remember signing up for every sports team that I could because the, the football team was like the Division One at the time. And like if I played that, it would have been going up with like 400 pound dudes that are like seven foot tall or something. And I remember showing up for tryouts and I was just like just 
first hit just, just laid me out so cold. I was like, I can't do this. I mean, I made an effort, kind of tried to play for a little bit, but it just was too much. And I didn't want to, like, break my hand again or whatever, you know, of that happened. And that's when I started finding out about, like, uh, the concussion side of things. So I didn't really uh, play again. I partly regret it, but at the same time, I don't, because I think that team was a little too good to, to really get on for the position that I knew about. So it's probably a good thing I didn't play. And uh, it's a safe thing I didn't play. That's probably the better word to put it. That's why, like, there's, like, a little bit of regret. Uh, after that, I, I kind of ended up dropping out of college because this professor failed me for not, like, standing up for myself. And then I just took, like, one day off, which turned into a week, which turned into, like, a month. And, you know, they're, they're not going to expel you for anything like that. It's like you're, you, each student is, like, $100,000 to them, if not more. It's like, why would they turn away, you know, free money like that? Because you can't get out of student loans. Like, you, you can't you can uh, declare bankruptcy. You can run away from the country. But you're still going to owe that money. Or somebody's going to have to pay that money from your family. <clears throat> so... After I dropped out, uh, I kind of realized that I'm starting to get older, but uh, super lonely, don't have any friends, don't have any girlfriends, never even liked a girl enough to really take on a date. Uh, every time I like made an effort, the girls would like end up like flaking last minute or something, and they were being like very hot and cold. It's like on the phone, they'd be like talking to me for hours. Uh, when it came time to hang out, there's like some sort of excuse. But then when we see when we meet up face to face again, they're like super flirty, super friendly, and, and all that crap. Maybe they were just nervous. Maybe they were unsure, or whatever the hell happened happened. I guess. So I started, you know, googling. You know, I literally googled how to get a girlfriend because I'm like, maybe if I have uh, a cool chick uh, in my life, things would be a bit nicer. Because I remember my last year, I sat down. Uh, we sat alphabetically, and I was sitting with this one super cute girl and then this other girl who's like, they're like both friends. And I remember these girls did so much for my confidence because this girl was just so adorable and she's just so friendly, but she's like super ball busty, like type of, type of girl. But uh, it kind of really helped kind of open me up and be more social and stuff. So I'm always, you know, grateful for those kinds of experiences. But because of the whole YouTube stuff where I didn't really talk to anybody for like months, I kind of, like, regressed a lot. And then when I started figuring out, like, how to get girls from, like, all these people that were talking about it online, and then I met all these other people that were uh, also doing the same stuff, I kind of went backwards more than I did forward. The only good thing that I really got out of that whole experience was, like, beating this specific group of people uh, and then also having the... Well, cultivating the ability to basically just go up to anybody and just have a conversation with them uh, which is basically you just walk up and you say hi to the point where like you just get so good at dealing with your inner um anxiety that you don't really uh, let that stop you this helped a lot uh later in life because as when i was you know practicing hitting on girls with a friend of mine at a mall this one dude stopped us and he's like yo what are you guys what are you guys doing over here i see you all the time talking to all these girls and he offered us a job in sales on the spot he actually offered it to my friend, and I was like kind of sad. I was like, ah, oh. like I, I really need a job right now because I had dropped out of college at that point. And uh, I think that's when I was 
going for that was like after I went I had like a summer job at like a camp uh, where I would just uh, where I got drunk and high for the first time over there and a girl almost took my virginity there but luckily I fought her off <laughs> now it's like uh, she was about to take me to the bedroom but the girl who was in that bedroom she like barged she's like no you're not having sex in my room and I was like wait what like that's what was going on over here I thought we were just dancing in the dark, in the corner, alone. Um, so he said he can't take the job because he's too far. And he offered, he said you should give it to him because I'm way closer. I was like, yes! Gave me the job, I took the job. And uh, uh, that kind of changed a little bit because this guy was like mad cool. Uh, big party type of dude. And uh, it was like a promoter, but like a, like a hustler. Like there's, a, there's two different types of promoters. One's like that superficial dude who just invites everybody, just, you know, kind of the, the little douche uh, foundation. This guy's coming from, like, a bit more of, like, a, a fun foundation. So he just wants everybody to have a good time, be fun, and enjoy everything and all that stuff. While the other guys just, like, push the numbers, push the numbers, and, like, be a bit more cold. So I got along with him really well. And uh, we, I've partied probably the most I have in my life uh, those couple years. Like, before I turned 21, it's like the most I've ever been partying, like clubbing, sneaking into bars. And uh, everybody said it's like when you turn 21, you're going to go out so much less because it's way less cooler getting into bars and stuff. And I was like, nah, I love, I love meeting people so much that it's, it's never going to happen. Uh, now, it's true. I do enjoy meeting people to the point where it's kind of addictive to me to just go out and network. And be partying all the time. And I do it sober too, like nine out of ten times. Where I don't even touch like a, a sip of alcohol. So many times where they give me shots and I just throw it behind me. I'm like, ah, mmm, so mmm, that burns so good. <laughs> but uh, it, the bigger thing was like I just had different responsibilities and different priorities. So it's like I've been partying less and less basically every year since I've turned 21. And like I moved to South Beach over here. This year when I got my first apartment, and I remember I was partying a, a good amount when I was living with a roommate um, downstairs, and then I got my first official apartment where like I was uh, the dude on the lease before I was like living in the building illegally, like sneaking in and out and all this other shit that uh, I basically stopped partying. <laughs> it's like I went from going out like three, four times a week to like maybe once uh, every three months or something. I mean, there were periods where I went out like more, but it, it got way and way less because I was just so stressed out from um, my business not performing as good as it should be. Uh, but that's also bas basically because I wasn't working on it consistently. Like if I had worked even an hour a day, every day, for the last year or two that I've been down here, I would have been in a completely different situation than I am right now. It's like for me, I would work maybe once every couple months, which is so stupid in the hindsight of things. But I always just had this belief that I'm like, hey, I've came back from so many worse situations and a part of me really liked that whole challenge. So I would always wait till the last minute and then just kind of, you know, do this. But I think it was more of like a self-sabotage uh, type of habit because I truly never really believed I lived in this apartment that I do right now because it's like top floor uh, looking at the freaking city. Uh, it's like on paper, it's called a party balcony penthouse, but... It's not like an actual penthouse, but everybody says it kind of is, but then some people like to say it's not. Uh, 
I love living here. I loved, you know, waking up, seeing this view. Uh, moving out of here in the next like two, three days, basically. So it's kind of bittersweet. And uh, one big reason why I'm kind of happy that I'm out of here is because of my neighbors downstairs. Like every time I had people over, even if they're just not even like, even if they're like just talking on the balcony, they would just email the management directly. They're like, hey, these people are like having a party upstairs or something, and I would get a noise complaint. They got to the point where like they said, if I have one more complaint, they have they have to evict me. And uh, they even forwarded my information to their legal department already. And they're like, the tactics tactics these guys use is like so freaking annoying. It's like I wish, like I had the the time, just to kind of like get a lawyer and actually just sue them for harassment or something. But I don't have the time for that kind of stuff, and I have better things to worry about. So, oh, I was talking about the the company, not the not the neighbors. The neighbors just kind of suck. I mean, I gave them bottles of champagne just to apologize for having people over, but uh, and I also gave them my number plenty of times. I'm like, dude, just let me know if we're being too loud. I mean, it's a better thing for you to just text me, and be like, yo, like, can you keep it down, than like emailing them something. Then waiting a couple days for me to like see it, and that would just kind of build this whole negative loophole. But I think people just don't like dealing with people face to face, so emailing them is like less personal to do something. Because my other friend that lives like down the hall had a similar experience, like a very similar experience. Uh, so that's kind of the thing with living in these high t- high rise type of buildings. It's like you have to be a bit more mindful that you have neighbors. And you have to be a bit more civilized. And uh, I didn't really have that period of just being rowdy uh, out of my system yet. So that's why I'm planning to move to Vegas in the winter time and like just get a house close to the strip or something uh, with a bunch of people. Hopefully that pans out. But getting back to the story and getting started with the entrepreneur side of things. Uh, when I was working the sales job, the dude said, "You work with me for a year. At the end of the year, I'll give you your own store." And uh, he showed me a pay stub of him making 250 grand. And I'm like, "Wait, you made this?" He's like, "Yes." He's like, "You can take this home to your bank every year at the end of the year." And when that end of the year came, he's like, "Oh, by the way, um, uh, if you don't hit like certain goals, like certain revenue goals every day, you basically get paid like less than minimum wage, if not minimum wage." And uh, it basically, it, things started making more sense. Because I'm like, the, if the dude was making 250K, he would not be living the way he is right now or and all that stuff. So that kind of was a big wake-up call. And uh, I was also about to move to Florida to Key West with this dude to still continue this path anyways. But my mom just like threw this giant fit, started crying, like threw herself in front of the bus or, I mean, the car. Uh, before I tried to like get out of the driveway, threw herself in front of the door. She's like, you're not leaving before you turn 21. It's like somebody in India said you're going to die if you leave before you're 21. And she would just cry so much. And uh, I didn't have it in me to like leave because she was just so hurt. And uh, they bought me like a TV and a PlayStation just to like kind of keep me there. And that was basically like I was already considering not going because she's just so damn sad. Um, but then when they bought the TV and the PlayStation, I was like, okay, I guess I'll stay another year. And that um, led me to developing a better friendship with some of my other friends that I met through the whole pickup scene of things. And I remember one of my friends made like 300 bucks on his first week 
uh, or like first couple days of starting his t-shirt business, uh, he was selling like these Dragon Ball Z t-shirts or something. And uh, I remember I was like, oh shit, you made 300 bucks. First day, like I like asked him a bunch of questions, but they didn't really take me seriously because I didn't have too much of a good track record of like doing things that I was going to do. But that was because like I was just kind of interested in learning everything versus more like, you know, taking action because I was trying to figure out something that would kind of speak to my soul at the time like it did for sales that I can just kind of do. Because like the difference between like doing something that like makes you feel amazing and like kind of gives you energy versus doing things that kind of do the opposite is like night and day. Like working those, that sales job was so much fun. Like I've never had so much fun working before. Like I, I would have done that for free. I might have even paid you like one or, one or two of these days to, to, to have some of these experiences that I did. But so much fun. Yeah, so when I saw this whole t-shirt stuff that these guys were doing, uh, I saw my other friend's store and I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of work. And they're making like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks here. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I got to sell like a hundred shirts a day basically to like make like a thousand dollars a day or something. And, uh, or like, what was it like, I had to sell so many shirts to cover all these like costs. It's like 500 shirts a day or something to make like two or $300 after like ad costs and stuff. I'm like, how the hell do I even do that if I can't even design a shirt? And like the whole learning curve was there. So I didn't really take it seriously. And then one day, one of my best friends, who was like basically a brother to me at this point, as are the rest of these guys, because I've just known them for so damn long. And no matter how many times I try to get rid of them or cut them out of my life, they're just so damn persistent. They just keep showing up, like even when I don't want them to. Like yesterday was an example. I'm like, yo, like these guys hit me up. They're like, hey, uh, are you still in Miami? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, good, we're showing up. I'm like, no, no, don't go, because I'm in a good work mode here today and just come tomorrow. And he's like, nah, we're showing up. And they all showed up randomly. Or I guess kind of, you know, with a bit of a heads up. And uh, I love hanging out with them too. That's kind of the problem. It's like when I'm hanging out with them, I don't want it to stop. <laughs> They're like, I have, a, I have an addiction to hanging out with people and making friends, being in that good mindset of things. That's why I think I, I did really good with um, sales and just something where I'm more face-to-face and just talking to people and have a bit more of a life than just sitting behind a screen all day. So getting back to the story, I saw this dude made like 10600 $34 and like 82 cents or 87 cents I believe it was and I kind of flashed back in my mind of taking care of him when he was blacked out on St. Patrick's Day and I look at this guy I look at the screen and I'm like if this guy did this much there's no way in hell I can't make money doing this and they end up sending me a course by John Mack on drop shipping and it was a very simple course it was like each video was 10-15 minutes long and uh I went through it and I started working like I've never worked before. Gained like 30 pounds that month because I was working so much. Uh, But my whole reasoning was like, I basically cut everything else out other than work. Like, uh, because I noticed like I would wake up, I would brush my teeth and I'm like, oh, I brushed my teeth. Let me go get breakfast. And that would lead to like this whole cycle of things to where I didn't get anything done that time. But while I was doing this, I was also working... um, with the same friends as neighbor cleaning and scraping decks. So I would wake up at like five, six o'clock in the morning, get ready, uh, shower, maybe watch like one video or like do a bit of research. 
uh, th- see, that's like the beauty of having a life outside of work is because it forced me to prioritize and like actually schedule and plan things and like batch things. So I'd wake up, do a little bit of product research, uh, go to work around seven o'clock because I had to be there by like 6.37. Then we would, he would pick me up outside of a Home Depot. It's kind of ironic because he said he would never hire like an illegal under the table type deal, but he was literally picking me up from outside of a Home Depot and he was paying me under the table <laughs> at the time. And, uh, and we would go scrape decks the whole day, you know, repaint them. And the whole time I would be listening to audiobooks at three times the speed. And then after that, we would, uh, I would go home, get dropped off. I would show back home at like eight, nine o'clock at night. And then that's when I would, you know, take a shower, maybe go to the gym uh, before taking a shower. But I didn't really do the gym too much at this time. And the month before was when I was like uh, probably in the best shape of my life. When I was like 170, I had like a four pack and I barely had like another 10 pounds to go before you can see the rest of it. And uh, because of this job being like outside and me doing a keto diet, I kind of needed the carbs because I was in the heat so much that I was just feeling sick every time I would come home. And I was probably not hydrating enough at all just due to like me not having the like, you know, the use of the water too much over there. Anyways, you know, I went through about 60 audiobooks in that month, if not more. I know in that year I've gone through like 80 or 90, probably more. Just everything I could find, I was torrenting it, playing it at max speed, and just kind of getting as much information as I could. And I remember every time there was like a day off or something, I'd just go balls deep in Shopify and just be launching products uh, and just seeing whatever would work. And I remember... I got to the point where I'm like, oh, I made $100 today. It's basically the same amount that I made um, while working that whole day yesterday. The next day, I, I made $300 in profit. And I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of better than, you know, working over there. So I'm like, let's see how I can, you know, push this. So I took a couple of days off for uh, from work, told them I was sick. And I remember telling them I was going to go to Canada on the weekend. So I basically stacked it to the point where I had like a couple of days off. And I remember that first week I went from like $100 profit, like two or three days in, to $500 profit. Oh no, so $100 to $300, $300 to like $500 to $600. And then that kind of lasted till about Saturday. And then I had my first $1,000 day in profit. And uh, that was revenue-wise, I think it was like $1,700. Because of um, back then, you know, Facebook ads were, were so nice. <laughs> And I remember the next day, I'm like, oh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, I have that wrong. That was like $800 in profit or something, or like $900. It was very close to hitting $1,000. Uh, and the revenue was like $1,400 or $1,500 uh, around that. So like my margins were amazing at the time. And uh, the next day, I kind of woke up with a freaking migraine. I've never had a migraine before. <clears throat> and this was like that same week where I was just like, just working, not brushing my teeth, not showering, just so I wouldn't have an excuse to not leave my laptop. And I also remember I would eat McDonald's because that was the fuel that kind of gave my brain more energy, which I realized later was like glycogen. And I would just just eat that just to keep working like 20 hour days. Like I would wake up, start working, and I would basically keep working until I passed out on the computer. And I'm not kidding by that. I mean, I, I didn't turn it off and like go to bed. I would pass out at my table. I would pass out on the floor. Uh, like it was probably <clears throat> it's like it's weird to say but it was probably like one of the best times of my life because I was just focusing on one thing 
And I didn't care about anything else, and I got really freaking good at that one thing, which is just just launching products, launching ads every single day. And uh, I remember Sunday, uh, I was talking to my friend. I'm like, dude, I can't, can't even look at the screen. Like, I have such a headache right now. He's like, dude, just take the day off. Like, you can't be working that hard all the time. And I remember, um, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take it easy today. So I didn't really do too much, and I just kind of took the day off, like most of it. I think I ended up going out the night, um, that night or something, or maybe the night before or something, or the next week or something. But I, I only went out once that whole week or that whole month, sorry. And I remember, um, like Friday, the dude's like, "Hey, uh, um, it's kind of a seasonal job anyway, so we're not really gonna be." Uh, working anymore so you don't have to come in anymore so I was like oh, okay no worries because uh, I was t- up front with him I'm like hey I might be quitting the job soon because I'm like focusing on my own business right now which is doing a lot better than I anticipated and it was totally cool with that uh, another thing with that whole job was like because I was reading so many books I picked up like a lot of negotiation tactics for uh, tactics from Brian Tracy's stuff so I would be talking to him every week uh, Friday, when it was like before payday, I'm like, review my performance and give me a raise or give me a reason why you're not giving me a raise so I can work on this and get the raise next week. Every week I got a raise. I started at like 12 bucks an hour. I think I ended up at like 14.50 or 14.75 an hour before uh, I ended up eventually parting ways. And, uh, I, th- I don't know if that was a f- him firing me, though. I mean, it, it didn't really come across as him firing me because, like, uh, thinking about it now, if I was a bit more in scarcity, I think that was a fire. But uh, I was, like, you know, so happy with this other stuff. It was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I'm just going to focus on this instead kind of thing. I didn't really think about it again until, like, today or right now. So anyways, uh, Sunday, I basically didn't work that day because of my headaches. And I remember... Um, just checking in, like, later in the evening. I'm like, holy shit, I'm already at, like, yesterday's revenue today. Like, I didn't do anything different. Like, my ad spend is, like, the same, if not less, than yesterday. <clears throat> and I'm doing better than yesterday. At the end of the day, I ended up having, like, a $2,400, like, revenue day. And the day before, it was, like, 1400 or, like, barely, like, 1200 or something. Um, uh, and I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even, like, work. Like, what the hell is, like, going on? So just launched more products and I was like basically hitting 2400 2500 uh 2700 like basically consistently for like a couple of days in a row and then Shopify held all my payments because they're like yo you're making your store just went from zero to like this really fast uh we need to see all of your licensing your paperwork your LLC and all of this stuff and they had a lawyer email me too which scared the hell out of me uh, I was like yo I can't like I, I just got scared they like held my money for a little bit Uh, which kind of kept me from fulfilling any of my orders. And the little bit of money that I did have, my friend was like, go to Stockholm with me because uh, the best time to take a vacation is when you're stressed out, which is true. I still uh, agree with that. So I ended up going to Stockholm. Uh, A big selling point also was that my friend was buying a table at this party, which was like $25,000 or something. And uh, it was like a giant business event. Uh, so another thing would have been like I would network with other business people when I was over there So I ended up flying over and uh, That was the one party I ended up flicking because I was having so much fun every time I went out um, That night by myself That it was just something completely different. Uh, I also did have a minor mental breakdown um, 
on Wednesday when I was out there. Now, the whole time I was there, I was also working on my business. And this is when I started finding out that everybody else started selling the same products that I was selling. Uh, and then since I wasn't running ads, they were basically instantly profitable uh, right off the bat because I didn't really know about the competition at the time. And uh, even found out like some of my you know best friends were selling the same product because they saw me like running around in Stockholm and all that stuff. They're like, oh, he doesn't even care, so might as well start selling it or whatever. So the supplier ended up jacking up the prices. And uh, basically, it was like by the time like my money got unfrozen and actually to my bank account, uh, I was like starting to fulfill as much as I could with any money that I had. So in Stockholm, the only money I really spent was like the flight and the hotel. The foods, basically girls just got me dinner every time I went out anywhere. Uh, the only time I paid for dinner was like twice, which was once because I was hanging out with a bunch of dudes and then the other with one of my friends. But the culture over there in Europe anywhere is so much nicer towards Americans, or at least if you're a cool American, let me rephrase that, that um, they love to show you a good time and they love to show you around. Uh, so I didn't, I only spent like maybe two, two and a half grand total on that whole trip and like 1200 or 1300 was the flight and then like 900 something was the hotel for the week. So I barely spent like three, four hundred dollars on anything else over there and like a hundred dollars was just candy alone, which I think the, the late, the girls loved me at the shop so much they turned the hundred dollar bill into like 20 bucks, which was like, it's, a, it's just a, such an awesome experience that I would love to go back there. Um, hopefully soon, maybe next summer. And uh, I got back, and then that's when I found out, you know, a lot of my friends were also selling the same stuff, and it got, like, way worse because I didn't check for a couple days. And uh, by the end of that whole thing, I ended up being in debt by $2,000. <laughs> so I didn't really start another business until later, uh, and it was a partnership store with the same guy that I went to Sweden um, with for the whole trip thing. I mean, we didn't really go together. We kind of just met up there like once or twice. And uh, I remember that was like the worst mistake I think I've ever done. It's like, sure, he kind of pushed me to work a little bit harder than I used to. Uh, but I kind of resented it so much because he lied so much. He's like, he's worked at a Fortune 500 company. He said he has experience hiring people and all this other stuff. And he didn't do anything. I had to teach him the whole thing. And he basically just sat there and like funded the thing which was, I guess, cool, um, but it was not worth the 50-50 split at all. And uh, eventually we ended up parting ways because uh, he would want to sell all these things that my friends were selling, like uh, Dragon Ball Z like collectibles and statues and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not selling anything in Dragon Ball Z. Like, this was an argument we had like every other day because he like, grew up on Dragon Ball Z, as did like 99% of other people. So... So the day I left, I remember he started pushing ads for Dragon Ball Z stuff. And I was just like, whatever, man, do whatever you got to do. And uh, then he started selling cooking stuff, which was something my friend was selling. But I had completely forgotten that my other friend was selling this stuff. Uh, or else I would have told this guy, like, don't do cooking or whatever. But at the same time, I didn't really work with the guy. And I haven't seen the other friend in like a year because he was like living in Japan at this point. So I didn't really even know this until like... A year later when I came down to Miami to hang out with my friends and then I kind of pulled him aside I'm like yo like why do you like hate me so much right now it's like oh because you were selling like cooking stuff and he didn't believe that um, that I was not even like working with him um, but anyways the the partnership store the dude ended up getting banned on Facebook 
because uh, he was selling like a bracelet and like the the bracelet ended up being like this country singers thing and then the country singers manager ended up filing a complaint against uh with facebook against this dude and he got so mad <clears throat> he sent me paragraphs upon paragraphs saying how the hell i like sabotaged his business after i left and that was the reason why he got banned or like all this other stuff and uh, i just remember for like a year i didn't talk to this dude we became cool again and then when we started talking again i basically ended up blocking him again because this is i mean the guy sometimes is cool but overall he's just kind of like a bitter bitter dude i mean i have nothing personal against him i just don't think he's somebody i would have in my life moving forward so um after that whole partnership store i basically started like a whole bunch of other stores uh, they didn't really go to, I mean, I got them to like $1,000 a day, like within the first week of starting any store. But the issue was that Shopify kept holding my payments uh, just because like they were expanding so great. And then they would just end up like banning me or something because they're like, oh, you can't be like growing your business or you can't be selling this or you can't be selling that. Um or then anytime you make like any bit of money, it's like some random company from the woodworks comes out like, oh, that's our product. And they would just like report you and all that. The competition back then was like a lot worse with um, people filing like those DCMAs and like law- like the, the lawyers and stuff going around. Cause that's around the time Shop file was like starting to get big and they were like trying to hold it down. But eventually they realized they kind of need to change their approach. And that's why now on Facebook, they're just, they go directly towards Facebook and they just shut down your advertising accounts. Uh, and it's a lot more efficient than sending like DCMAs here and there. So uh, when I started this other store, I was like not selling anything uh, trademarked. I was just selling like watches or like uh, pins and all this random stuff. And this store was like, it's not doing good at all. Like I've never seen conversion rates anything below like 10, like 12, 10%. Like 10% was a bad day on my other stores. And this store had never has a con- had never had a conversion day over 3%. On average, it's less than, it's like 0.7%. Not even 1% is like the average. Like, and 3%, like 3.4% was like the best day ever. And that was like, um, I think like four, like $2,400 in revenue or something. <clears throat> Basically because it, most of the revenue came from um, retargeting people. Because this was Black Friday, uh, like last year or something, where like none of the other ads was like really performing because the competition was so damn high that I just ran uh, my DPAs at like 750 bucks a day, and uh, and then just ma- like massive retargeting for every other product, and uh, ended up actually having a really good Black Friday day because of that. And. Uh, so this store was just not taking off. I, I added thousands of products thanks to Orbrillo. But um, the one thing I was forgetting, because it made things so much easier to add products, was the quality of products. So I went through like 600 products on Facebook and none of them got sales, which was fucking up my ad account, uh, which I wasn't even aware of at the time. I'm just like, I need to find winners, need to find winners, need to find winners, need to find winners. I was sleeping like maybe an hour or two here, here and there like a day or every couple days. And I remember all my friends at this point were like starting to get like really good. Like I'm talking like 10,000 plus days. And then uh, I think I finally found like one product that like showed potential. It was like a Deadpool um, canvas kind of thing. And then turns out that's what one of my friends was selling. I didn't even know about this until like 
we were all going to see my friend who did like an 85, 86K day. And then he was like blowing up everywhere on Facebook because um, the, the, uh, John Knack, who was like his coach, was like, you know, using him for his marketing and stuff. So we ended up uh, going to New York to visit him because he was coming out of Canada. And uh, he's like, we're all going to celebrate in New York. So my friend kind of took me there. I was like, yo, I really don't want to go. But he's like, yo, like, let's just go hang out with the dude. It'll be good for you to get out of the house. Maybe it'll give you some good ideas and stuff. And I remember I got in the car as we were picking up my other friend. And I see this canvas photo. And this hit at Mad Lux. And I got so happy. I was like, if somebody else is making this work, that means I'm on the right track here. Then my friend looks at my phone. He's like, what are you smiling at? I showed him the picture. I'm like, oh, like this is like got so many likes. And I just started something similar. Like that means like, you know, mine might work too. And he's like, yo, you can't sell that. That's basically what he's selling. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I spent like weeks adding all these products and I can't sell it. And then I got to, uh, I met the dude and he was, uh, I'm not going to say the names, but he was very not sober when uh, I ran, ran out or met up with him. And uh, he was very upset. He's like, yeah, you don't fucking sell that shit. He's like, I'm selling this shit. Uh, he's um, from Russia. Yes, Russia. So he said in a Russian accent, like, don't sell this shit. This is my shit, okay? You find something else. And I was just like, shit, man. Uh, okay. Because uh, like, I value the friendship of this dude. Because I'm like, in the long term of things, I'm like, uh, sure, I haven't seen the dude in like a while. But like, in the long scheme of things... I'm like, I want this dude to kind of be a friend and like, I feel like we can learn more from each other in the long term versus like the short term gain thing, which uh, I guess worked out. <laughs> but I was also doing like print on demand uh, that week. And I remember the next morning I woke up, I had like, I was starting, I was finally profitable with my um, t-shirt sales. And uh, I remember every single design got a DCMA takedown notice from like all the different artists because they weren't different enough or unique enough or even like people saying this idea was inspired by my artwork. And then I basically had to take them all down. And I was just like so bitter. And everybody else was doing like better than they had ever done. And it was like such a bad, 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 bad day. Because like I'm over here in New York and I'm like, I can barely afford to, like, eat the sandwich. And my other friends are, like, buying tables and stuff because they're, like, they have too much money. They don't give the slightest fuck about anything. And it's it's not a good place because, like, part of me was, like, let me use this emotion to kind of, you know, um, push myself to do better. But that gap was just so big that it, it just didn't work. And it just made me feel so much worse. And, like, it got to the point where I was like, yo, if he's making that kind of money, why can't I just sell one of these? products you know there should be more than enough uh money to do that uh i still didn't sell it um and i remember the same canvas that i had on my store ended up being his best seller like ever and i would that just made me feel even worse because i'm like uh it's like I, even if i made like a couple thousand out of that it would have been enough to get me out of debt and get me enough to like just focus on other products and stuff but i didn't sell anything and uh, some more random drama happens with like this whole situation. And eventually like I found a couple of products that were just uh, profitable and I focused on getting them to be profitable and kind of scaling those profits versus like getting winners. 
So that ended up making me a good amount of my money uh, at that time. And I got to the point where I hired VAs to outsource the product research and stuff. Um, and I gave them specific, oh, 